It all started with a dream. This is so stupid! <laughs> In my whole life, <laughs> I got some things to say. I'm still slowly dying, but uh. hey, we all are. <laughs> Good morning, Back Row Radio. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And you're streaming the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show exclusively on BackRowRadio.com. On today's show, we examine the new terminology brought to us by the 2010s. And we dive into a deep topic, what's causing the rise of mental health problems. But first, it is January 8th, and we have a holiday to celebrate today. It is National Bubble Bath Day. (laughs) Dust off your rubber ducky this winter because it's National Bubble Bath Day. A lot of us remember bubble baths from our childhoods, and if you've never had a bubble bath before then this is definitely a holiday you should try out. The soapy bubbles of these foaming baths are luxurious, ideal for pampering yourself after a hard day. There's nothing quite like slipping into the hot water of a bubble bath for a nice relaxing soak in the tub. But let's be honest, when was the last time you had a bubble bath? (laughs) Most of us hop into the shower in the morning, zip off to start our day. We barely even make the time to eat our breakfast, let alone spend time an hour sitting in the tub Getting pruny fingers. (laughs) One of my least favorite things. (laughs) Showers may be convenient, quick, and easy, but you can't relax as well standing up, and everybody deserves a little me time now and then. A hot bubble bath will relax your muscles, refresh your skin, and help with any congestion you might have. It might even clean your bathtub. (laughs) So how can you celebrate today? One, give a friend some bubble bath. A lot of us have trouble giving ourselves permission to indulge in things like bubble baths, but when you receive a bottle of bubble bath as a gift, you're way more likely to let yourself enjoy the experience. Help spread the love of bubble baths by presenting a friend with a reason to get in the bathtub. (laughs) To spread love a little further, give bottles of bubble bath to multiple friends or make gift baskets with an assortment of bubble baths, facial masks, and body scrubs. Secondly, take a bubble bath yourself. Phew. Whatever you squeeze into National Bubble Bath Day, make sure you make some time to take your own bubble bath. The foaming bubbles insulate the surface of your bath, giving you longer than usual to soak in the hot water. The steamy air makes breathing easier, and the scented soap rewards you for breathing deep. Relaxation is crucial for letting stress leave your body, and you'll feel great for giving yourself the care you deserve. So you sound like a... You know when you go to a, a, a hotel that has a spa and you turn on the yeah. first channel that's uh-huh. always advertisements? That's, that's like, You're welcome. Come relax in our spa. The You're... soothing bubbles. Like, that's what I was going for. <laughs> uh, so I was, when I was getting that all set up, there was another suggestion. Oh, no. That was like host a, a bubble bath party. <laughs> But it was still, it was like, you know, it was in the vein of the first one where everyone brings their favorite and you do like a gift swap Oh, that's cool. But the way way they had written it and the the way the sentence broke is at the end of the first line it said, Another fun way to celebrate National Bubble Bath Day is to invite friends over. 
and then the next line, you know, and then two, you know, exchange different yeah. things. But I read that first line, I'm like, oh no, <laughs> what website am I on? <laughs> this <laughs> is <know>? not okay. <laughs> All right, well, it is Wednesday, Wednesday, what? and that means we're going to be playing a game. Uh, as is procedure around here, we play games, and if, uh, well, one of us is a champion, and I'm current the champion. No, you're not. Am I not? No. Of course I am. No. Why? I won the last game. Yeah, don't you remember the procedure? Oh my gosh, yes. so now I have to the win again. The procedure is, when you're playing the champion, you have to win a game, and if you win the game, then you get to challenge for the title in the same game Stupid the next Stupid wrestling rules. <laughs> if it's a wrestling belt, we go by wrestling rules. <laughs> and so, the, the last game that we played on the Back Row Morning Show was, was all for nothing, episode. apparently. <laughs> we played Judge Not, uh, the, the kind of two-person version, um, with our Object the Halls deck. Since Christmas is over, we're going to play it again with our Oversaved and Overruled expansion pack. And so the way this works is um, we're using our card game, Judge Not, and it has questions that say uh, certain... Scenarios. Scenarios. Like, who who would be... It's basically who's the most likely to kind of things. And so we will draw... I'll draw five of these randomly and ask Mo, between us two, who's most likely to have done this thing. And then it's my job to guess what she wrote down. And so those would be my points. And then we'll flip-flop it around, and she'll do that with me. And then... Whoever has guessed the other person's answers the most wins. Mm-hmm. Okay? So See. if you beat me again, which you beat me handedly last time. Yeah. Five to three. Yeah. So if you beat me again, then, uh, well, you'll be the champion again. And I'm going to start denoting that on the website. Like on your staff photo, whoever's the champion, it's going to have a little title belt in the corner. Have you even put the staff photos yeah, up? Yeah, they're up. Yeah. I finally got them up. Yeah. Oh, okay. New staff photos are up, and they're nice. Find them on the story and mission page on our website. <laughs> All right. Uh, are you ready? One through five. <laughs> I'm going to shuffle these up a little bit. Ding, ding, ding. For those interested in checking out Judge Not and playing the full game, go to uh, backerradio.com and Go down to our store, and there's a button that says Games, and you'll find our proprietary original Judge Knot. All right, here we go. Number one. <laughs> Who's posting on social media, praying for all my haters? <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing right now. Uh, I just love that card. <laughs> Next one. Who's clapping offbeat with complete confidence during the entire worship song? <laughs> Next up. Who's making out with their spouse unashamedly at the church fellowship? Number four. Who's coming to church all sickly and gross but swearing I'm not contagious anymore? And lastly, who's struggling to maintain the fruits of the spirit while playing a head-to-head -head smartphone game? <laughs> I like this deck. 
<laughs> you and I are too much alike in some areas. That's true, and that's what makes this game difficult, isn't it? <laughs> I think I got one wrong for sure. Go ahead. And by wrong, I mean you're not going to say the same thing that I said. Okay, so. well, maybe that'll help. All right, so first one was, who's posting on social media praying for all my haters? I'm going to assume you put yourself. I did. No, yeah. That's not something I would say. Hashtag facts. <laughs> Number two, who's clapping off beat with complete confidence during the entire worship song? I would also say you put yourself yeah. for that one, yeah. Just because you're off beat all the time. <laughs> Hashtag kidding. not facts. Kidding, kidding, <laughs> jokes. All right, so who's making out with their spouse unashamedly at the church fellowship? So I feel like this isn't something that either of us would really do. And so this really comes down to the most likely thing. I would say, I would say me, because I feel like it could at least happen if I'm trying to embarrass her or something like that. I'm going to say you put me. I did. Yeah? Yes. All right. Whew. <laughs> Who's coming to church all sickly and gross but swearing I'm not contagious anymore? I would also say you put me. Oh, see? And I... Oh. Did you put me? No. Well, I've... that's good. These are my answers I'm getting right. Oh, okay. So You're right. you don't want me to guess what you wrote. That's right. <laughs> um... But that's one of the things you thought... Well, so I almost wrote you. Like, it's got an M and an A, and then I wrote an O over the A. Because <laughs> I couldn't quite decide. Yeah, I feel like I would do that. Yeah. Just because I have so much to do at church, I can't miss it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if I am contagious, I'm going to lie. <laughs> but there have been times where you've missed because you were sick. There so was, that was yeah. my original thought was Matt has to be here. He can't miss. Yeah. But he has missed. I've only missed when I was literally actively throwing up yeah. every 30 minutes and couldn't stop myself. Yeah. That's happened twice in the last like 10 years. <laughs> I've still not forgiven you for missing that CR. Just, just so you CR, know. CR, and then I missed one Sunday, <laughs> and everybody was in a panic because I do so much on Sundays. And that's when John said, you know, that Sunday really made us realize just how much we rely on you. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't ever be sick again. Matt's like, yes, finally. <laughs> Job security. <laughs> All right, lastly, who's struggling to maintain the fruits of the spirit while playing a head-to-head -head smartphone game? Here's what I'm thinking. Because we do that, too, on the show, head-to-head mm -hmm. -head smartphone games. I feel like when you lose, you're like, whatever. But when I lose, I'm, like, getting mad every time. Not necessarily at you, but just that I'm doing so bad. So I would say that you put me. I did. All right. And that exact same thought process. <laughs> when I lose, it is what it is. Fine. Another day. Another day in the life of Mo. Always losing. All right, so I got four out of five. Yep. So you got to pull off what gotta you did last time and sweep. do the clean sweep again. All right, are or you ready? Or timing, we'll do another bout. Go ahead. Who's asking the whole church to pray for their friend's sister's sick cat? 
That's a terrible one. I know. Okay. That's neither of us. <laughs> <laughs> Who's putting up passive-aggressive signs in the church kitchen that read, real servants of Jesus clean up their own messes? <laughs> Who's loudly announcing to the person next to them, we give online as they pass the offering plate? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who's microwaving seafood in the work kitchen? Oh, man. You got the last one? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Who's <laughs> skipping Halloween in favor of celebrating Jesus Ween? <laughs> Shoot. Three of these are difficult. Right? I agree. But All yeah, right. That's for you. It's difficult for you. So, number one, who's asking the whole church to pray for their friend's sister's sick cat? I'm going to say you said me. Yeah, I'm not going to put that on myself. (laughs) (laughs) At least I'm more of an animal person than you are. So I don't care. Let all the cats die. I don't care. (laughs) Who's putting up passive-aggressive signs in the church kitchen that read, real servants of Jesus clean up their own messes? This is you, Matthew. (laughs) I love it so much. 100%. That is with my top 10 Judge Not cards. It's so funny. It is so Matthew. (laughs) And you got it right. Um, You know the latest one I had to put on there was? What? We have a trash can in in the pantry that is for dirty towels. Okay. It always has at least one dirty towel in it because I make sure it does so people know, hey, this is for dirty towels, not for garbage. We have two giant trash cans in the kitchen. You don't need to come into the pantry and throw your garbage in this tiny trash can with towels in it. Right. Can't get people to stop putting trash in it. So I had to make labels for the inside and for the outside that say, not trash, dirty towels only. Has it worked? worked. Yeah. (laughs) But but I know that every time I print another sign, which hasn't happened all that much since I've taken over as janitor, every time I print another one, I just hear you and a couple other people in the back of my head going, you're going to become that person. You're going to be the next uh, person that, just like our last janitor, put up so many signs. So many signs. (sighs) Gotta love the signs. Uh, Who's loudly announcing to the person next to them, we give online? As they pass the offering plate. See, this one is hard. Okay. I'm going to say this is me more than it is you. Okay. I did put you. Okay. But I didn't really have a justification for it. Well, I get <laughs> butt hurt a little more than you do. So. <laughs> Stop judging me because I'm not putting money in the plate. We give online. <laughs> there was some joke where... Like some dad of a family had that printed on a t-shirt on the back of his shirt. Yeah. So he'd wear like a hoodie or whatever and then it would come around, the plate would come around and he'd pass it and then he'd get up and he'd just take off his hoodie so everyone could read, we give online, we tithe online. That's funny. That's awesome. People really care what other people think. (laughs) You know, it's a a real thing. It is a thing. Uh, Who's microwaving seafood in the work kitchen? Me. Yeah. Because you don't eat seafood. I I eat shrimp. 
Scrimp. Scrimpies. Scrimp. Okay, this one was right. kind of hard. Well, this is the last one. You got to get it right. Who's skipping Halloween in favor of celebrating Jesus Ween? Okay, so this is my, my thought process, okay? Out of the two of us, if anyone's going to do that, it's going to be me. Yeah. But you're not allowed to celebrate Halloween. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just don't know that Jesus Ween is your thing. <laughs> I think I celebrate I'm... privately. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna say you said me. No? Did you say you? I said you. You win. <laughs> Mo officially wins the back row undisputed championship title belt. It's about time. And it That's will all be reflected. I can say. On the website, in our staff photos. It better be. If it's not, I'm going to throw a fit. Just saying. I thought about I that. Butt hurt. I thought about that for no other reason than just to help me keep track of who's won it. Because. <laughs> well, good. There are good swaths where we don't even play for it. <laughs> I just know it's no. been me for a while. <sighs> oh man. Good job. Ha ha. You did good. You're I good beat at this you. Game. I, you know. Uh, as a prize, you can keep the Christmas version that I let you borrow. <gasps> oh, I still haven't given that back to you. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep it. I'll get another one later. <laughs> I'll give it back to you, I promise. So far, you own two of our Judge Not Things, both of which you've taken from me. <laughs> you know, you don't pay me. I mean, so. I do. <laughs> All right, coming up next, the 2010s brought with it a unique set of new words and phrases. Let's dive into the lexicon. We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. The morning side hug, a back row morning show here on backrowradio.com. We're going to kick off the second hour as we always do with five random facts. Five random facts. Three hours of exercise a week may lower your risk of depression, according to researchers at Harvard University. Hmm. hmm. Not enough to make you want to exercise. <laughs> We consume so many microplastics. A recent study by WWF International. Is that like... That's not wrestling. That's the World Wildlife <laughs> Fund. <laughs> uh, um, they found that we could be ingesting five grams of plastic every week, about the same weight as a bottle cap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Uh... So, last Thanksgiving, my father-in-law made the stuffing, uh-huh. and he uses real, like, loaf sandwich bread. Yeah. Yeah. The bag from the bread oh, was in no. the stuffing. Oh, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten all about it until my sister-in-law texted us this Thanksgiving, and she was like, hey, what's the stuffing recipe? We're going to make it so we don't get bag in our <laughs> stuffing this year. <laughs> Yep. Your daily dose of plastic. It was there. Gross. The the U.S. Army has banned service members from using TikTok. The Chinese-owned app is considered a cyber threat. Yeah. 
I heard about this last week. Yeah. Like, there's a whole thing. The government is basically asking everybody yeah. to delete TikTok. I mean, I can understand it. <laughs> I can understand yeah. it. I've got to say, just coming from a military wife perspective, like all of the things that have been going around about you know, pray for our troops, troops deploying to Iran, troops from Fort Bragg, blah, blah, blah. Guys, this is a security threat. Mm-hmm. Like, let's stop. Pray for them in your private space, not on <laughs> Facebook. Yeah, It's called OPSEC, Operational Security. Mm-hmm. Don't loose lips sink ships, people. <laughs> Get it together. That's where that comes from. Yes. <laughs> it's a thing. Chris and I have been watching it for the past week, and we've been like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> as every person posts about it. Yeah. Um, we are just as far away from 2050 as we are from 1990. I have also seen this all over Facebook, and it makes me so sad. Makes me apprehensive. Like, I'm so, like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <sighs> I don't even, I can't even imagine 2021. Like, my brain stopped imagining the future at 2020. Really? Yeah. So I have no idea what I'm thinking is going to happen in the future. <laughs> I've literally never thought beyond 2020. Listen, 2019 <laughs> threw me for such a loop that I've just stopped thinking altogether. So <laughs> whatever happens, happens. I let Disney Plus do my thinking for me. Right? Like the Beatles. <laughs> let it be. Yeah. Let whatever. it be. <laughs> um, hey, here's another like extra fun fact. Just FYI. Bonus fact. Bonus fact. Write out 2020. Have you seen this? Oh, yeah. Whenever dating anything, make sure you write out 2020. Don't abbreviate it. 20. Would it really happen? Who knows? But. Also, you've just stepped on my Thursday show prep. (laughs) My bad. Anyway, there's a theory somebody can alter that year. So. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like with contracts and, and other stuff. Like, uh, you know, someone does it with a check or whatever. I don't know how that's going to affect anything. Right. But if you, like, signed a contract that, you know. It's would, supposed to last a year. Right, right, right. And they can go in and just add, you know, 19 or 17 or something to it. And yeah. say, hey, you owe us money for this and this. Yeah. And I'm going to take you to court and prove it because I have the document that you signed. Right. Yeah. Yep. That could cause you some serious trouble. It really could. Um. And then lastly, Tupac never won a Grammy and actually received more awards after his death than when he was alive. You know, some people are worth more dead. That that sounded terrible. (laughs) (laughs) That sounded not, I don't think, the way you wanted it to sound. No, it sounded exactly how I wanted it to sound. (laughs) So I remember when I was in high school working uh, at Wienerschnitzel, I heard there... There's a new Tupac song. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he's been dead for he's like been dead. over a decade. How is he still releasing new music? They just keep finding new music. And so that was when the theory arose that he was still alive, mm-hmm. still making new music. And it was just all being released as, oh, they just discovered it. They found it on some I don't know why you're saying disc. it's a theory. <laughs> we all saw him at Coachella a couple years ago. Guys. Him and Elvis and Michael Jackson. <laughs> They are all still kicking. They all share a condo together. You know, and they're making the best music we've ever heard. (laughs) Oh, gracious. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. That would be the weirdest collaboration. How old would Elvis be? 
Not not too old. He could still be making music. I think he'd be like Dolly Parton. Was he Parton's born in the age. 50s? Oh. 40s? Maybe. Somewhere around there. I don't know. My grandparents' age. <laughs> All right. So, 2010s. That sound, it still sounds so weird to say that. Well, there's the no tens. there's no cool way to say the tens. I know. Like Or the uh, or the 2000s. They call them the aughts. I mean that's I dumb. Understand. Yeah. Uh, so I mean I don't know there's just no. Now we're in the good ones. The rest of them they'll be easy to say. The 20s makes sense. Roaring 20s. Yeah. Here we are again. So I think just like the 1910s, I think 2010s will be the forgettable decade. I hope so. Like, <laughs> well, because when you it. think about it, you don't think about, you think about 1900s. Yeah, nobody thinks about, You yeah. never think nobody about. Nobody thinks about the 1910s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. So we're going to talk about some words that have come into prominence. Some words maybe already existed, but kind of changed in meaning or in usage. Uh, some new terminology and stuff like that that have come about. This is going to be fun. In the 2010s, yeah. So I got a big list. I'm just going to pick out a few that jump out to me. Uh, the first one is great. It's the word because. So listen to what they wrote about it. This is from an article on CNET. Language naturally evolves and expands over time, adding new words, changing the meaning of others, and sending others still to the vocabulary pasture. And during the 2010s, one of the most common words in the English language expanded to a new part of speech when because became both a conjunction and a preposition. So today, there's no need to follow the word with pesky excess words like of. Rather, just follow it with an appropriate noun. I was late because sleep. <laughs> I was this because reasons. I mean, that's that's how we've started using it. Dark matter exists because science. <laughs> you know, that's that's how because has been used, especially in the last couple years. It's so true. <laughs> and it sounds weird now to say because of. Yeah, it does. Because of this and because of that, it's it's excessive. Why why say many words when few words do trick? <laughs> Which is an office joke that you'll get eventually. Mo started watching The Office, everybody. I'm so excited for it. I'm struggling through season one. I know, and that is the struggle. Get through it. They change him. They make Michael Scott much better. In okay, I will say... <laughs> I saw a ray of hope in Michael Scott last night. Okay. Like, my heart softened for him. We are going so off topic right now. It's fine. <laughs> um, this was a 2010s thing, too. It's fine. Okay. So, <laughs> like, I really did not like, and this is why I've never been able to get into it. I've, mm -hmm. I've been watching the last few nights trying to figure out why do you not like this show so much? What is it about it? Dwight isn't my favorite, but he's okay. I can get past him. I feel bad. For how Jim just bothers him all the time. Yeah. But I love Jim. <laughs> so it's funny. But I really don't like Michael Scott. Mm -hmm. I really don't like him. Like at all. Until last night, as it's playing in the background and I'm getting ready for bed, it was an episode where he's on Sesame Street as a kid. Oh, Fundle Bundle, yeah. And <laughs> they ask him... What do you want to be when you grow up? And he says, I want to be a dad and have a hundred kids. So I'll have a hundred friends and nobody can say no to being my friend. And my heart just went, oh my gosh. 
Okay, so you're in the second season. Already, I just but... wanted to give him a hug. I just went, I'm so sorry. Yeah, he becomes he becomes more of a, a lovable buffoon okay. with a few things that he's an expert at. Uh, in that first six episode season, he was a jerk. Yes. And they knew that. And after the end of the first season, they realized that. And so they had to change his character. Yeah. There's actually a really cool like mini documentary about that. Uh on a YouTube channel called Nerdstalgic, okay. where it's it's titled like Michael Scott, this was not working. Yeah, and uh, they tell you how they fixed it and all this. And I really have to neat. look it up it's because really they're neat. right; it was not working. Yeah. I could not get past it. <laughs> all right, next word <laughs> that has come about in the 2010s: binge watching. Yeah, yeah, especially popular with streaming content, which is programming that's delivered over the internet rather than traditional cable channel. This is the viewing of several episodes of a television program or parts of a film franchise in rapid succession. Binge watching is also possible with DVDs or content saved on DVR, uh, but this kind of came through with Netflix, which also brought us terms like Netflix and chill, which even has a has a different meaning, but still. It's it's tied into binge watching. Uh, we won't get into what it means, but you know what it means. It's been around long enough. Listen, they may not know what it means because I didn't know what it meant. Okay. Oh, I forgot about. That. That's why I still laugh about it every I time I hear it. All about that. That was a fun moment. That was a fun moment. We just have a time on the show. Um, and then this is also brought about the term cord cutting. Okay. For the people that have given up on cable. Oh, okay. And just exclusively do streaming content where you can binge watch. And that's also why we've seen, or that's also been brought about by the fact that Netflix and other places like Hulu have released entire seasons of shows that they've produced all at once. Yeah. So, they'll, you know, they'll drop Stranger Things. Just here's, here's all of Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. And so you binge watch it all. Yeah. Which on the one hand is cool because you don't have to wait and you don't like forget things between the weeks and you just get to watch like one really big movie essentially. Yep. But on the other hand, well, I watched it all in a week and now I, know, I have what to do wait I do now? 51 other weeks for the next part. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's so, my life yeah. currently. <laughs> so three uh, stream-centered phrases right there that have been... Uh, that's cool. Birthed in the 2010s. Uh, let's see here. Core cutter. All right. Disruption. Okay. You hear this a lot at startups, especially when they're pitching a, a venture capital firm to get funding. Uh, but it applies to established companies like Facebook's motto was move fast and break things. Uh, disruption occurs when a company introduces a product or service with the aim of radically changing or even replacing an existing industry. So this would be like Airbnb was a disruption to the hotel industry. Okay. Uber, a disruption to the taxi and bus system industry, all that. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that wasn't used in that way. Yeah. Before the 2010s. But it makes sense. But it does. Yeah. <laughs> huh. uh, let's see here. Okay. Deep fakes. Fakes? Deep fakes. Now, this isn't something that we've talked about, but it has been a relatively big topic. On uh, We haven't talked about it on the show. But it's been a relatively big topic in the last couple of years where it's now possible through uh, certain programs, even programs that you can download on your own computer, to create a video where you're placing someone else's face on the face 
of the person in the video. And so if you got someone, for instance, if you wanted to create something that made it look like you said, you know, a bad word, like the N-word or something, get somebody that has similar, uh, you know, head, hair, you know, all that similar style as you, who can kind of mimic your voice or they can distort it a little bit, film them saying it, and then get a video of you that you posted on Facebook. It's got a good shot of your face. They can transplant that face onto yours and make a video that's going to cost you any job you want to get for the rest of your life. Wow. This gets even more frightening when you think about like pornography and stuff of that nature. Yeah. And so that's something that has really risen. It's like video photoshopping, essentially. It's like face off. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe. <laughs> you get to keep your face. It's like they're not taking your face. But but uh yeah, I mean essentially it was it was arisen as kind of like a harmless fun thing, but it really quickly went south. There was yeah. an app on your phone that would let you do it. What? And I had to delete it almost immediately because it was being used for like pornography, like putting people in pornography clips. Which is just that brings about a whole new plethora of like laws we're going to need to create yeah. and, and crimes we're going to need to make. Yeah. That, yeah. <sighs> yeah. So that's terrifying. That's the most terrifying one. <laughs> All right. Here's one that feels like it's been around forever. Emoji. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that didn't rise until the early 2010s. The emoji. We had emoticons before then. But the actual emoji... With the little picture of the smiley faces used. Didn't come about that. I feel like I remember. Yeah. Do you remember when it started coming to prominence? Well, I remember being like, what the crap is an emoji? What is an emoji? We are in America. Right? (laughs) We do not live in Asia. (laughs) And while these two tend to come from Asia, because they've always been a little more Asian skewed. Yeah. You have a lot of Asian food options. But we just got like the taco last year <laughs> as an addition thing. Um, but I mean, the rise of them and what they've been used for now. Like we talked about the other week. Might have been you. Might have been, might have been Megan Kelly. But anyway, one of these one of these shows recently, we talked about how emojis are really replacing mm-hmm. showing emotions. Yeah. It was with you. Okay, yeah. Showing emotions and even talking in yeah. some areas. Like, it's, it's become a prominent form of communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you can order pizza by simply texting the pizza emoji to Domino's. For real? Yeah. You set up, like, your favorite order or whatever, and you text in that thing, and they will charge Wait. you, make it, take it to your preferred address, your primary address. You don't have to do anything but text to Pizza Slice. They've been doing that for a couple of years now. <laughs> you didn't. You never heard about this? No. Domino's does all these weird things, but yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, emojis are strange. <laughs> I guess hundreds I of them, and now and I'm always afraid I'm sending the wrong emoji. Just so you know, no eggplants and no peaches. You should be fine. <laughs> all right, here's one. Influencer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Big thing. It's become a real job at which people make millions of dollars. 
But enough Gen X griping. Uh, <laughs> influencer primarily refers to something that influences something else. Uh, its contemporary definition is a person with the power to change opinions or drive behaviors of a large audience online, primarily through social media. Uh, Instagram now in particular, they can encourage their fans to buy products through endorsements, rally for a political candidate, or generate hype for a failed music concert in the Bahamas named the Fire Festival. <laughs> Remember that? I still want to be that an influencer. Fantastic. I'm still trying to get picked up, but, you know. <laughs> so this really came out of YouTube. Like, it started with the YouTube and the vlogs. That's kind of where the influencers start. And, you know, most people credit PewDiePie as the original influencer that started the whole movement. Okay. Which uh, he's... He had been the number one most subscribed person on YouTube for the longest time. He just got overtaken by another channel called T-Series, which comes from India, and I have no other facts about it other than that. I haven't seen anything they've done. But he does have the most viewed uh, stuff, um, most viewed hours of content ever on YouTube. Um, And he started just by that. You know, he started with gaming stuff, but he would... Just kind of unfilter himself and be what a blog or a vlog Mm -hmm. was and just kind of share his thoughts on certain things. And people really responded to that. And then, you know, he started getting ad endorsements and stuff like that. And that started working. And so influencers became a thing through vlogs. And then it morphed into Instagram and, and, uh, well, Vine first, I think, and then Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. It's just poor Vine. I miss Vine. Vine was fun. Did you not like Vine? Nope. I loved Vine. Six seconds, seven seconds, do what you can. Nope. Anyway, influencers, it's weird. Fake celebrities. Fake celebrities. (laughs) All right, the term Internet of Things, which is not a clean term. Like, it just, it doesn't roll off the tongue all that well. But, uh... It's essentially, the, in my opinion, the dumb way to say smart home. <laughs> it's where all your things are connected to mm. the Wi-Fi in your house. Okay. You know what I mean? So we got your, your smart speakers uh, and now smart appliances, uh, security system, home security system, cameras, all that, all connected to your home Wi-Fi uh, and all usually programmable and viewable from your phone. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Internet of things. I learned this week I'm not as tech savvy as I... I mean, I never thought I was tech savvy, but I'm really not tech savvy. Why? How'd you learn that? So we have... I think I shared with you the whole Vivint thing a few weeks ago. Vivint? Oh, Vivint. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Vivint? Oh, we we say Vivint. That's how the guy says it when he comes. (laughs) Maybe it might be. I just always read it Vivint. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> off track. Off track of the off track that we're doing. So, you know, we ended up getting another camera for over our garage and it stopped working. Like we could not figure out. It just went offline. Chris tried to reset it. Not working. Our doorbell camera is oh, working just yeah, fine. Oh, you did tell me that. But yeah. our, our over the garage camera is not working anymore. And I'm, of right. course, I'm annoyed. <laughs> you um, told me that because 
you tried to get him convinced to change to another one. Mm-hmm. And instead he came back with a better package of yeah. the original one. Yeah. So the the garage camera was the better package. It was the upgrade. Yeah, and so okay. this is our new camera. And so I'm like, well, this is dumb. See? But I didn't say it. I wanted to say, see, I told you so. But I didn't. Not once. Um <laughs> So the guy came out yesterday, and he was figuring it out, and he was like, well, I guess it just has to do with your Wi-Fi. You just don't have a good signal or something. We have the best Wi-Fi in Clovis that you can get. Like, it's better than most Wi-Fi anywhere in America, yeah. honestly. So <laughs> I know that it's not the Wi-Fi, but whatever. Okay, dude. So he's like, we're just going to hardwire it in, and we'll do it that way. Fine. So he goes, he does all the hard wiring that needs to be done, connecting to the internet, blah, 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 blah. He goes out to the garage and he's like, can I open up your garage door? Yeah, sure, go ahead. He tries to open the button and he's like, when was the last time you did that? You opened the garage. And I was like, well, we've been gone for almost a week, you know. It's been a little while. He's like, well, I can't get the door open. And none of your lights in here are working. (laughs) And so I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. And he's like, and because it was hooked up in here, that's probably why your garage doorbell or your garage camera Game's is over. not working as well. And I was like, oh. Drat. Okay. <laughs> so I went and looked at the circuit breaker and nothing was flipped. Nothing was on the opposite side. Whatever. But apparently it was the whole where we had our Christmas lights hooked up and they were plugged into the garage. We blew the GFI fuse in one of the things and it needed to be reset on the outlet. So, yeah, Chris and I were like, well, we feel kind of dumb right now. (laughs) Not as tech savvy as we thought. (laughs) All right. Back to our list of terms that have arisen in the 2010s. We've got the word selfie, which, you know. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> it wasn't really a thing before smartphones, was it? No, it was not. Well, but it was. Like, we would hold out the 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 disposable camera. Sure, but and... you couldn't see yourself. Sure. And so with the, with the invitation of the smartphone where you could see yourself, it became a more common thing. Like, you might do that once or twice on your disposable camera, but how often did you really use disposable cameras as opposed to how often you take pictures on your phone okay and you take a lot of selfies <laughs> compared to me i have i have maybe three every uh quarter of a year <laughs> okay but what constitutes a selfie like if i take a picture of just myself is that a selfie or if i take a picture of me and chris is that a selfie no or if you have elijah take a picture of you that's not a selfie either. to show your shorts <laughs> Instagram, back row, Matt, I think. Back row, Is that a Matt. selfie? Yeah. So that's the thing. Like Those shorts were weird. Um, no, a selfie is only when you're taking it of yourself. Okay. Um, but there are other terms that have arisen. There's an ussy. It's actually called, officially, a groofie. No. A selfie no. of a large group no. of people. Mm. That's what the term is. No. Maybe not in our area. It might be a soda versus pop situation. but no, This is just wrong because it <laughs> sounds too much like roofie. It does. There's a droney, which is a self, selfie taken from a distance by a drone camera that you're you know, controlling. There is a belfie, <laughs> which is a bottom selfie. A photo 
of your butt. <laughs> Typically done by people who exercise a lot and have toned booties. There's a wealthie, a selfie with material items to show off how well off you are. And then there is a slofie, a short slow motion selfie taken by the iPhone 11. Which apparently that's one of the things it was created for. Those are all the different selfies <laughs> that you can do. <laughs> but all these words didn't exist. <laughs> all right, here's a term. Here's a term that was both created and has also kind of morphed in what it meant in the last 10 years. Swipe right. Okay. Okay. On the dating apps, Tinder and Bumble and all those, whatever. A user swipes right on a potential date's photo to show that they're interested and swipes left to show that they're not. But the term has graduated beyond the apps to describe your acceptance of pretty much anything, from a person to a hamburger to a car. Like, I'd swipe right on those shoes. I'd swipe right. <laughs> or if you don't like something, you just say swipe left. Those, those, it's grown to become standard terminology in our everyday conversation which is strange to me just for because i don't use it standardly i don't use it at all because i've never used those apps because i was married before they were created but (laughs) it's just weird that it's become it's like it's almost like how we use love you know how love originally was supposed to mean you know a deep regard for somebody and then we also say it flippantly of i love this hamburger you know, and so this is this is the new love. You're. <laughs> I swipe right on you. <laughs> One of these days, that's your what it's gonna be. <laughs> explanation and swipe right are far better than what it was for our generation. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the millennial Bible, instead of saying God is love. <laughs> Got to swipe right. God swipes right. God swipe right. (laughs) I just... I don't know. Oh, gosh. All right. The uh, last term that we'll talk about is uh, tech bro. Okay. It's a pejorative variation of the word bro, uh, or a stereotypical alpha male guy. Tech bro describes a subset of men who work in the technology industry or specialize in computers. Characteristics include newfound wealth uh, through, the, through an IPO, a brash confidence and sense of entitlement, talking loudly about subjects that they may know little about, and a propensity towards sexism by promoting a boys club working culture. Oh, so this okay. is actually a toxic male. It's not a good thing. Who's also a nerd. You know, kind so of a I, nerd. Feel like, <laughs> I feel like you and my brother-in-law need to take back this word. <laughs> right? Yeah. Tech bros. That sounds like it could, should be cool. Yeah. Should be cool people. Like, immediately I was like, hey, I know two tech bros. <laughs> and there, there's another word that goes along with this come out, and it's for tech bros who are specific in coding, and they're called programmers. I want that one, too. Yeah. That sounds great. <laughs> I'm saying. 
You and Nick need to take it back. You find it offensive. <laughs> Not all of you are like that. It needs to be taken back. It needs to be made into a positive thing. We're gonna we're gonna take back the tech bro. Do it and the programmer. <laughs> there are other words uh, in this article on CNET. Uh, dot com uh, that we didn't get to voice assistant virtual reality and what that's changed 5g uh i'll talk about ride hailing net neutrality the me too movement all that you can read all of that at cnet.com but those were the ones that we wanted to point out today interesting stuff it's been a fun decade ready for the next one Coming up next, mental health is declining. What is causing this? We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show here on BackRowRadio.com. So in our big topic today, we're going to be talking about something that we've talked about a few times uh, in different ways. Uh, we're talking about mental health. And uh, we've talked about this before with Celebrate Recovery and its initiative pushing into mental health. In fact, that was a report that you brought back from a CR a couple years ago, mm-hmm. a CR Summit. Um, but... The numbers are out with the change of the decade about how this has grown in the last 10 years. So in the last 10 years, mental health disorders have risen slightly in 26 to 49-year-olds, but they have risen sharply for 18 to 25-year-olds and for those 18 and under. The only age group that hasn't seen a significant increase is the 50 and older crowd. So the question becomes, what could be causing this sharp increase in mental health disorders? Uh, And there are two main theories, and I want to discuss each of them uh, independently and see what you think and 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 kind of work out the 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 viability of the theory. Okay. so the first theory is is the bad news theory, and that is increasing screen time, device based communication and lack of sleep are the things that being blamed. Mm -hmm. So I believe we talked about this uh, also recently sometime last year about how with the well i mean it even ties into what we're talking about with emojis how we're talking with emojis now Mm -hmm. you know with the prevalence of smartphones and tablets and things that we now focus on throughout the day most of our communication is now typed out instead of spoken Mm -hmm. uh we we are removing human elements from many relationships mm-hmm. or most aspects of relationships, friendships, even interacting with our family through phones, through text screens and messengers and things of that nature, which used to be in you know the early nine or late nineties, early two thousands, just kind of a side fun thing like mm-hmm. we were talking about the other day with MSN Messenger, AOL Messenger. That was just a fun way to keep in touch occasionally. Yeah, but we would still largely communicate via the phone or in person. And now that's really starting to go by the wayside. Um, I mean, even my wife and I, we used to call each other when we needed to talk to each other. Now it's, you know, Facebook Messenger. Yeah. And while I don't think that's having a negative impact on our relationship because we live together, 
for friends who don't live together, don't see each other much uh, beyond school, you know, we're missing that connection then. Mm-hmm. It's, it's becoming essentially, you could be talking to a robot. Yeah. And you'd have the same feelings. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The same, same interaction. And so I believe with that device-based communication rise that it is taking away the, the personable feelings that we would have of, of like community of like empathy with each other you can't even hear the emotions you know through the text messages Mm -hmm. which you could through the phone right that's why when we were teenagers we would spend hours on the phone talking not you and me but we would spend hours on the phone talking with our friends right that's how we would talk that's how we would emphasize yeah Uh, i remember there were times when person i was talking to needed to cry Mm -hmm. i couldn't be there with them in person but they needed to get it out. And so that was the next best thing. And it was enough. Yeah. Someone was listening. Someone was there caring. Even if I wasn't talking while she she cried it out, I still was there for her mm-hmm. in a tangible way. Right. Through text communication, you might not even know that's happening. Yeah. The person could be breaking down. But it creates essentially a mask, a virtual mask that they can wear. Mm-hmm. And they type whatever, and you're the one interpreting what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And you're going to often be wrong. Mm-hmm. That's my take. Yeah. I want to go to the next one because I... You're ready, just ready for the next one. Well, I'm, I have a theory, and so it requires both of them. Okay. Uh, well, the next part of this, though, is the lack of sleep. Okay, yes. And we talked about that, too, specifically for teenagers, is that teenagers really do need a lot more sleep than they get. They need, I think it was 10 to 12 hours of sleep. I know it was more than the eight that we that adults. Yeah. They need that for uh, ideally. Like, that's the ideal number. But they're getting less than adults tend to get because they stay up on their phones at night. Right. Texting and doing whatever else. Yeah. Uh, And so when you get less sleep like that, obviously when I get less sleep, I'm not great. Irritable and grumpy. Irritable and and grumpy or quicker to be depressed about something. Yeah. Everything weighs on you differently. And And I'm an adult with a fully formed brain. Teenagers. Well, I mean, that's up for debate. (laughs) Teenagers who are more emotionally driven. Uh, just through the fact of being a teenager and mm-hmm. puberty and hormones and all that kind of stuff, uh, already overly emotional. Well, that's just going to get even worse with the lack of sleep, uh, depression as well. Uh, so I can totally see how that would be a big cause of this. Mm-hmm. But you want to move on to the second one so because yours connects to both. Yes. So here's what's being considered the good theory of the possible cause for the mental health problems rising. And that is that some believe that the spike is due to a generation being more willing than ever to admit when they're struggling, Mm -hmm. implying that the numbers haven't really risen all that much. It's just that... More people are willing to talk about it. This generation of teenagers and young adults have been conditioned and grown up to be vocal yeah. about how they're feeling, be more willing to open up. Right. And not, not in a bad way. That's actually a good thing. Yeah. That they're, they're willing to share, I have a problem, 
which would be a good thing mm-hmm. instead of bottling it up like I did as a kid. Yeah. You know, which was a bad thing. Yeah. And that led to me having more problems. So take the wheel. What's your theory? What's your so thought? My theory, and as I, I just read the two theories, and now I just looked at where it says probably a combination. So <laughs> <laughs> um, my theory is that it is both of these yeah. theories intertwined. Yes, people are more willing to discuss and talk about how they're struggling and how you know, things in their life are are weighing heavy on them or they have this mental illness or, you know, anxiety, depression, whatever it is. People are more vocal and more willing to discuss it. But because of the rise in social media, because of that being our main form of communication, one, people don't know how to communicate anymore. Mm. So when someone tells you, you know, I'm struggling, I'm I'm in a really dark place right now. You don't know how to respond to that. Yeah. In a human to human, face to face, real way, we've lost that sense of compassion, that lack of con- or that that connection. We now have a lack of connection with with the other person. If we were to do it behind a phone, we can give our time ourselves time to think and process. Okay, what is the right thing to say? How do I can then go back and delete the wrong thing that I'm saying and then <laughs> fix it? You know, it's easier to communicate through a phone, through a text message. We've lost the ability to connect and communicate face to face when someone tells us that they're struggling. Right. Okay. And on top of that, when someone says it uh, via social media or through a text or whatever. It's sometimes not taken as seriously. It's just kind of brushed yeah. off. It's like... Because, okay. again, you're the one interpreting their tone. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I'll be really honest. There's been... I, as I've said numerous times, 2019 was a really hard year for me. And I was in a really dark place for much of 2019. And I reached out a lot of times to multiple people saying, I am not in a healthy space right now. I am not good. And more people than I care to admit... There was one person who I reached out to who was like, come over. We need to talk about this. We need to figure out what's going on. More people than I care to admit just kind of, it'll be okay. You know, tomorrow's a new day. Things will be all right. And that's not the best way to handle it. Yeah. Had I been anyone else, I fear for what I would have done. Mm. Are you following what I'm saying? It's scary to think that that is... The norm, and that's okay, and that's just what we're used to, how we're used to responding. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. It's because we're, we're, we've we lost the ability to really figure out what we're supposed to do. Yeah. And that idea scares us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think that's And it's just like on. you said, I love going back to being on the phone. I hate talking on the telephone now. I hate it. Right. But I love what you said about, you know, there were times where somebody just needed to cry and they needed to be able to cry and someone hear them. Mm-hmm. And it was easier to do it over the phone because it wasn't face to face. It took some of that pressure away. Yeah. It yeah. took a, a, an amount of the vulnerability away, you know. But at the same time, it gave you a tangible person, someone who you knew was listening and who cared and mm-hmm. who heard whatever deep, dark area you were in. Yeah. You know? Um, I think that while we've come so far in being able to admit so many 
mental health things, mental health struggles, we've also come, we've, we've gone so far away from where we need to be to be able to relate to a person who's struggling. Or reverse these things. Yeah. Yeah. The person who's struggling, while I can be open and honest and vulnerable about it in many different areas and aspects, I'm still feeling so lonely because nobody knows how to respond. No one knows how to come alongside me anymore. You know? So I think that's why I was thinking it. it's a culmination of both things. Yeah, you could be right. And see, I'm think I've been thinking about this and we might be heading into a new season technologically that will start to cut against that and start to get us back to a feel of like we have like we have with the phone, but maybe even more face to face. Like we have Facebook Portal. Mm-hmm. It's come out. We've got the Echo Show that's starting to come out with just connect, but mm-hmm. Facebook po- portal specifically, yeah, was set up to not just be like a phone call, not a FaceTime, yeah, but a way that you can essentially just quickly knock on someone's door, kind of thing, and say, "Hey, quick question." Yeah, and I think that would be once that gets widespread, which I feel like it's gonna eventually get mm-hmm. very widespread. I feel like that might start to replace. Or at least give an option for those kind of situations where you're having that face-to-face, where you're having an opportunity to be real and, and empathetic, but you also still have that kind of safe feeling of, well, you're in your own home mm-hmm. or wherever. Yeah. Uh, but we're also getting to the point with virtual reality is starting to actually be taken seriously. And... We're getting areas where now you can get your your Oculus helmet on and be sitting at a basketball game where they have set up a 360-degree camera or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this is a live basketball game playing. You can be sitting there like you're at the basketball game, yeah. watching the game live. So how long until these become more and more mainstream... Because they've been growing by leaps and bounds now. The Oculus right. thing has been going nuts in the last few years. How long before they become more and more mainstream where it becomes a communication thing too? Yeah. I'm like, hey, let's go to our room, you know, on Mars or whatever we're doing. Whatever you set up, some cool thing where you can yeah. both go and just sit there and just talk. Yeah. Because that's already a part of that thing with the game. It's you, you, you and someone else can sit at the basketball game. And watch it together. And they got a little avatar of them and a little avatar of you sitting there in that virtual environment. So how long before it's really just about communication? Like, hey, we need to talk. Let's go do it face-to-face. Yeah. With our emojis. Yeah. You know. And so that's more like the phone in that you won't really, I think, see their face all that much. But you will see or you will hear them and you will be able to interact a little better. Yeah. It's a... Weird time. It is. Like I said, I haven't really thought about the future beyond 2020. And so this is me trying to leap into the future. Yeah. What's coming next? Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, that might help cut against it as we, you know, in the next 10 years, as we grow even more Mm -hmm. uh, technologically advanced and weird and dependent and we all slowly become computers. But... (laughs) 
<laughs> but for now, yeah. And I, you know, I do agree with you. Like, yeah, like you pointed out, I did put it down there. It is probably a combination of both. Yeah. Um, it is a good thing that we're more willing that this, this generation, not us, I guess it's not our generation, but that generation is more willing to uh, be vulnerable. Yeah. And uh, I think that came, that comes across from the whole spectrum of just emotions. Yeah. Uh, you know, my dad's generation... It took my dad until he was in his 50s to get comfortable really saying I love you like a lot. Yeah. You know? He would say it if I said it to him or one of my brothers said it to him, he'd say it back. Yeah. But it was rare that he ever like went out of his way to him say it. Yeah. Uh, And that wasn't because he didn't love us. Right. It was just. It's just that's not how he was raised. That's not how it was. It wasn't a normal thing. Yeah. So I feel like our generation was a generation that was willing to say we love each other. Mm Mm-hmm. And now this next generation is even more willing to be open emotionally and vulnerable about their struggles. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's not just showing the positive emotions, but showing all the things that we're, we're dealing with, which isn't a bad thing. We're, we're taking to a step, and that be, might be an annoying thing at times, but we're taking a step to removing masks. Yeah. Uh, and coming from a you know the Christian standpoint, of course that's a great thing, because that's what we're supposed to do when we're together. We're supposed to be able to be vulnerable with each other mm-hmm. and uh, you know grow together instead of putting on our masks and yeah. talking through our text messages. And I will say the only thing that scares me about you know this generation and being so open and vocal about their struggles and what what they're dealing with i have a 16 year old sister and she for years at least the last four years has openly said that she struggles with anxiety which she does 100 percent. i struggle with anxiety um but i try and tell her all the time that does not define you yeah. Sure, you you may have anxious thoughts and you may worry about things and your anxiety may keep you from doing certain things, but you are not anxiety. That is not who you are. Right. You are so much more than that, you know, and that's something that I have to remind myself on a regular basis. You are not depression. You are not anxiety. There is so much more than, than those two things that you happen to be struggling with, you know. Absolutely. And I think... I just never want, and and it's because my sister is so close in age to my own children, you know, I have a different perspective, more of a mothering, nurturing perspective. I never want for them to be consumed by one struggle, Yeah, you know, and for them to feel as if, well, I am nothing other than this and there is no hope. There is no way out of it because there is, you can it comes in waves. You may have, you may struggle with anxiety for a few years and then there may be a 10 year span where you don't struggle with anxiety and something happens and trauma of some sort and it comes flooding back in. Sure. But I never want for any person or any generation to pinpoint this is who I am. This is what I am. I am all consumed by this because there is hope past it. Right. And I completely agree with that. And But I kind of see the situation a little bit flipped in yeah. that um, it's very likely if we were, if this generation wasn't willing to be as open, people would still be dealing with that same problem, still feel like they're defined by that problem, but yeah. not be willing to share it. 
and then never deal with it. Yeah. And never have the opportunity or never have someone that they trust to deal with it. Right. So at the same time, it could be a bad thing. It could be a good thing. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a strange time to be a young adult. It is. <laughs> it very much is. But it could be. But yeah. hey, put down the phones a little more. More interpersonal conversations. Yes. That will help your mental health. Also, get some sleep. Everybody. Go but to bed. especially you young people. Yeah. <laughs> yes, put uh. the phones down and go to bed. <laughs> I mean, truly. Uh. All right, really quick, we've got some uh, Christian music news. Uh, do I have you starting this? think i do oh yes okay grammy winning multi-platinum group casting crowns recently made a tv appearance with an interview and performance for huckabee this past weekend the group talked about their commitment to the local church and leading youth groups casting crowns also performed only jesus from their 2018 chart topping record of the same name you can watch huckabee saturdays at 8 7 central and again on sundays at 9 8 central exclusively on tbn yeah so i know I knew that when Casting Crown started, like a lot of them were youth pastors or involved in youth ministry. Okay. And I think they still are. Yeah. Even though they're a band that tours, I think they're still actively involved with their home church's uh, youth programs, which is really neat. Could you imagine how cool that would be? Yeah. Who's your youth pastor, Casting Crowns? <laughs> uh, I remember watching a video about Disciple, like a, 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 a backstage video that they had made or mm-hmm. behind the scenes video they had made. And for like the first 10 years they were a band, the lead singer of Disciple was also the worship leader at his own church on Sunday. So they would, Monday through Saturday, be out playing shows, traveling the country, and then they'd make sure to be back on time Sunday morning for him to lead worship. Nice. I'm like, that's really neat. Yeah. (laughs) Especially for, I could see that if you were a worship leader who sang worship music, you know, if you were a... Chris Tomlin and Matt Marr character, that would make a little bit more sense. This is a hard rock yeah. Christian band. You know, like I'm coming back and Yep. Praise the name. <laughs> putting that on hat on. Putting the suit on. That was really neat. Yeah. Uh, congratulations to singer-songwriter Austin French and his wife, Jocelyn, who welcomed the birth of their third child last week. Baby girl, Baker Louise Ann French, was born at 8.45. Uh, this is two weeks ago, actually, almost. Uh, on December 24th, weighing 7.3 ounces and measuring 19 inches. She has stolen my heart, Austin shared on social media. Joe is superwoman, and I've never been more proud of her. Mommy and baby are happy and healthy. Merry Christmas from our family of Five Bakers joined in the French family by brothers Coleman and Owen, the former of whom was adopted at age two. Aww. And in more baby news, congratulations to Corey Asbury and his wife Anna, who welcomed their fourth child into the world earlier this year. Willow was born at 8.42 p.m. on December 5th, 2019, weighing in at 7 pounds, 12 ounces, and measuring at 20 inches. Willow will be welcomed home by siblings Gabriel, Lily, and River. Coming up next, we share something we love. We'll be back in just a few with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. back to the morning side hug as our show is coming to a close for today but first i want to share with you something i love it's something i don't get to have right now because i'm on keto i'm so sorry <laughs> so i love peanut m ms it might be my favorite candy 
Peanut M&Ms are fantastic. I go to a movie, that's the number one choice. I don't even sneak those in. I buy the bag. <laughs> I buy the $7 bag. Oh my goodness. There at the movie theater. But what makes it even better is that there's always at least one full-size peanut M&M. You know, it's the same size as all the others with no peanut in it. It's just the full thing of chocolate. And for some reason, every time I get one of those, I just get this burst of joy in my heart. It sounds stupid to most of you, but I know there's a couple of you out there that know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> that is something I love. <laughs> Peanut butter M&M's is where it's at. Oh, gosh. They, they go too quick. I they go them. too quick. With the peanut M&M, I do the layers. I don't bite through the whole thing. So I get all the chocolate off first. And then I have the peanut. And I dissect the peanut. And just you get, the, you get to extend your snack over a long period oh of time. my goodness. Peanut M&Ms are just gone. You bite into them. They just dissolve and they're gone. It's just no. Yeah, peanut butter are amazing. They're good, but they're not great. Whatever. They're no peanut M&Ms. <laughs> You like the yellow bag, I like the red. <laughs> is it red or is it like an orange? I thought it was like a deep orange. Is it red? Yeah, I guess it is red. I don't know. Doesn't matter. It's this somewhere in between red and orange. <laughs> <laughs> Let's close our show with our Bible verse for the day. Our Bible verse is Psalm 34, 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Thank you for joining us. There is a Back Row Morning Show every weekday at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, with an encore at 10 a.m. Eastern and 7 a.m. Pacific. Mo and I bring you the morning side hug most of the week, and Bubba and Anna bring you Church Nerds every Friday. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Back Row Radio, and join our laughter-inducing Facebook community, Back Row Baptist Church, by going to backrowbaptist.com. If you love what we do here at the Back Row Radio, please consider partnering with us at patreon.com slash backrowradio. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash backrowradio. There are several tiers with different rewards and incentives, but even just committing to a donating $1 a month will get you in our private Facebook group, The Scoop, and get you our full podcast podcast uh private podcast feed where you'll get every full episode of the morning side hug and you'll get the full episode of church nerds a day early of course we do offer the back row free podcast where you'll get a a weekly podcast on thursdays from the morning side hug with selected clips from all four of our shows that week you'll get a critical hit with hector mira and the full episodes of church nerds after they air on fridays that's it for the show we'll be back tomorrow we hope you will too once again i'm matt and i'm mo remember that jesus loves you swipe right on the back row radio and if you see us around we'd love a side hug bye